Welcome to the Hard Fat Truth. This is a podcast about weight loss and building a community around weight loss. Whether you want to lose weight or whether you've already lost weight and want to help others, we're going to take this journey together and this project together. I'm the host of the show, Chris Bell. Let's get the show started. Welcome to the next episode of the Hard Fat Truth. I'm actually here today again with my friend Steph, who will be podcasting with me as we kind of talk about what drives people to change or not change and how we take a look at the world when we want to make a healthy change. People who click the button and start the change, but then never follow through or fall backwards. Um, You know, uh, we just kind of finished up a wellness challenge in the group. And not many people participated. A few people participated. I think the interesting part was that in week one, everybody that signed up was participating. (laughs) And in week two, a couple people didn't participate. And by week three, it was easy to see the people who couldn't build the habits um, and nothing against them. But they, they were struggling with continuing through. Now, one individual had a personal reason why he couldn't continue through. But um, and I don't think that that's abnormal. Right? Not to make anybody seem bad, that that is normally what happens. It totally happens to all of us. Um, <laughs> so, you know, let's talk about it happening to you recently. All right. So, um, we've talked about my general healthy lifestyle and the things that I do on a regular basis and the habits that I've built. And so I thought it would be a good idea to look at my eating and see if I could... Um, improve on some of my goals that I was working towards with the street parking and building a little bit more muscle and building a little bit more strength um, by adding some uh, food plan. So So this was in in an attempt to take it to the next level rather than you've really found your level you're at and you're maintaining, right? Right. What I was thinking was that, well, I'm seeing results from street parking. Maybe I would see more results if I followed something that was um, a little bit more focused. I tend to eat what I want, when I want. I like I eat generally healthy, but I eat the things that I like to eat and I eat a lot of things over and over again. Um, and then just wanted to plan better for what I was eating. So I purchased a food template and I lasted a day. One day. One day. I didn't eat dinner because I didn't want to look at any more food or eat anything else that had no flavor. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the fact that you messaged me part way through the day and you were already done with it then? Or It seemed like just, such a good idea at the time. I, I think it is. I think that they're, they're attempting to really take people to the next level, but it, it's a pretty extreme change. It is a huge change. It was also a lot of things that I don't normally eat. So I don't eat any meat products. I eat fish um, and I don't eat a lot of dairy other than cheese. So this was going to require me to eat a lot of fish. It was going to require me to eat a lot of uh, Greek yogurt. It excluded a lot of vegetables that I really enjoy eating because they're higher in carbs, carrots, snap peas, a lot of those things that I really missed. Um, And so I found it really hard to make such a huge jump. Even though I knew that it would bring me closer to my goals, I still wasn't, wasn't able to take that next step and go, yeah, I can do this. I can find ways around. I wasn't really willing to work within the strict limitations of the plan with the i mean just to, to give people a bit of an idea the plan from what i understood and what i've seen it is is definitely an extreme plan this is not the 300 pound person trying to get down to 225 
This is a group of very physically active, very physically fit people in street parking. That are looking to, to take it to the next level. Trying to really take it to the next level. But I think the lessons still apply. They do. In, in both applications, mm -hmm. right? It, it's making extreme changes. Yes. And again, we've talked about this, that, that you have to make changes that are close enough to what you're already doing so that you can incorporate those into your daily life, right? So what I've taken from the templates is that I need to eat more protein, that there are a couple other options for protein that I hadn't considered, and that there are ways that I can get that protein in. Um, I'm careful about packing my lunches to make sure that I have that in it, but I'm not just sad and disappointed every single time I open up my lunchbox, <laughs> which is not how anybody should feel ever. So it was six cups or eight cups of vegetables a day? Yeah, so two cups with every meal, four meals a day. So that, that could be greens or it could be broccoli or it could be peppers or it could be, like they gave you a list of vegetables you could eat, but... I like vegetables and eat quite a bit, but six full cups a day is it seems excessive. It was it was a lot of so. vegetables. It... <laughs> you get in on something though that I, I think uh, you know is important for me or what's worked for me is you said you often eat the same things over, and I've been calling that embracing the bore. Uh, mm. I talked about it a little bit in my Facebook live I did this morning, where I my lunch pail often looks the same every single day. Mine also does in general that I have the same things that I eat from a group of foods um, in general for lunches and then for weekday meals. They tend to be a lot of the same things, a lot of the same vegetables, a lot of the same proteins. I think that that's important. I think it's it's embracing the board and it is uh, it's structurally doing it. So so just to show you, you can you can be on a high level and still try to sign up for something and fail at it. And I know you and I and even uh, another individual we ride with have had conversations about why people change or why they don't change. Um, I'm going to get a little deeper in that, but I want, I want to stay on the same topic. We also just talked about something that has really hit with me lately, and part of the Embracing the Boar um, was another group of people who've listened to in a podcast that they were talking about a style of eating. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which? The intuitive eating. Intuitive eating. Right. So you eat when you're hungry, you eat the things that you want to eat, but you're also aware of what it is that you're eating, the process of you eating, like how much, like you're thinking about the food while you're eating it. Mindfulness would probably be a good way to describe it. Now, I haven't read the book on it. I'm just going from what I understand. But basically, it's it's not having that, okay, I get two cups of this and four ounces of this. And, and that, that micromanaging of the diet that, that sometimes makes people feel like they can't let that go so that they can't ever enjoy anything because they are on a diet that they have to follow in order for them to fit into whatever box it is that they're trying to get to. Um, so... I think I think it's a, a great concept. I got the same sort of thought out of it that it is the mindfulness. It is being mindful of not eating when you're not hungry as yes. well. Yes, and, and also key. understanding when, you, like, what your body feels like when it is actually hungry. And and I think a lot of us because we either have structured breaks during the day or we have no choice, we have to eat, and we get into those routines, and then we just it's ten forty five. It's break time. I'm gonna have my snack. Whereas, are you actually hungry for the snack? You talked about sometimes doing some intermittent fasting which again is the same thing do you wake up in the morning and are you like i have to eat breakfast because it's breakfast time well maybe you're not hungry for breakfast yet so maybe that needs to wait and being aware of what our body feels like and and what our body needs i think is really important but it's hard to do it is hard to do i think it's important and i think it's i think it's where i'm at now definitely when i first lost weight it was because I ate a structured plan. I mm -hmm. went no more than four hours with eating. I didn't eat any more than 400 calories. And I'll, I'll still challenge people if you're 
extremely overweight that getting onto MyFitnessPal or Daily Burn and logging your calories so you understand what you're eating is really important up front. But in the last couple of months, as I've moved forward successfully, I've let that go because I, I got tired of logging my calories every single day or having targets to hit every single day or trying to, you know, get in the right amount of protein. And I mean, I think I still do the basis of it, but it was having that challenge and the enjoyment going away. Like I'd sit down and I'd open a yogurt and I'd peel the yogurt lid off and go, oh shit, I got to go log this first before I put my spoon in it. <laughs> I, I think it does create a real, real obsession with food and what you're eating and what you get to eat. Um, when you're always counting all of those calories all the time, trying to figure out whether or not you can have that that day, I think it can definitely lead to to that over control of what it is you're eating. I do want to say I have an app that I downloaded to follow the templates because um, I wanted to count. It's called Chronometer, and it actually counts it counts calories similarly to MyFitnessPal, um, but it also does macros just in case people are looking at that kind of thing. Um, I found it quite easy to use. Okay. And my fitness pal will log some macros, even on the low level stuff. Um, as you know, I don't stick to, I'm not paleo. I'm not keto. I'm not anything specific. Although there's great stuff in each one of those items, I think. And, and it's finding out what works for you and experimenting with your body, but I'm definitely a much more protein based, lower carbohydrate based individual. I know that carbs are sort of my enemy, any enemy, blah, blah, blah. just Friday, the, isn't it? The, the sugars. <laughs> yeah, it is Friday. Thank goodness. Um, you know, so that's Whereas, what's worked for me. Carbs are totally my friend. I have no issue yeah. with processing carbs. And my diet is fairly high in carbs because it's a lot of plant-based foods, right? So, yeah, again, you do have to look at what it is that your body needs and what works best for you. Again, keeping the calorie deficit if you're looking at losing weight. Absolutely no. <laughs> calories I mean, in, it, calories it, out. Calories in, calories out <laughs> is the simple equation. I know it gets much more complex as we experiment with ourselves and you start to fine-tune things. And, uh, and get to where you're at, which is, you know, I'm, I'm in those stages now as I've hit another milestone for myself in weight loss. Um, you know, although I've been here before, I haven't been here for several years. So it, it really gets difficult as you're starting to now look at one and two pounds and three mm -hmm. pounds and, uh, and we're leading into winter time. So, but I, I think the template thing that you talked about, that's where I walked away. That, that was, that's so prescribed that I would struggle with that because not being able to eat a specific vegetable. One of the things I did when I was counting calories in daily burn and then in my fitness pal was I just wouldn't even log vegetables. Mm. I understand some of them have carbs, but it's a good enough product. And I think it's a healthy enough product as you're getting vegetables into yourself that not logging it was important for you to not waste time. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I have, I've started to let that stuff go and try to figure out what works and obviously embracing the boar, mm -hmm. eating a lot of the same meals. Uh, I do look at everything and I can tell, oh, you know, I know that yogurt's 120 calories. <laughs> so, you know, the, the amount of logging hasn't, that hasn't gone away in a sense because I mentally log it as I go through my stuff through the day. But it is just choosing stuff that's lower in sodium, higher in protein, lower in carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. That works for me. And the fasting now works for me a little bit. Um, you know, when I went to do that previously, I talked a bit about it too, that if I fasted previously for 12 hours, and this is where the mind thing is we just talked about for eating, I would come off of that fast and go, oh my God, I need to eat everything. Mm -hmm. And that's really not the truth. Nope. Your brain has told you that you've done something different and you're starving yourself. You're really not. <laughs> and the first couple of times fasting didn't work for me because right. of that. And I, I think the key thing that I'm hearing as we're talking is what works for us, right? So we can want to do something that's totally different, but ultimately it has to be something that 
works for us personally. And I know that those food templates work for a lot of people and they love them. They love the predictability of them. They love that everything is pre-thought out, that they don't have to think about any of those things. And that really works for them. Whereas I'm like a total food junkie and I, I just, I just can't eat tuna out of a can anymore, people. <laughs> no, but you can send me pictures of eating pasta with all kinds of cheese and stuff on it. That was delicious, by the way. Uh, not something I do. I mean, my wife made spaghetti the other week and I had to, you know, to look at my bowl. It's full of meat sauce with like four noodles in it, you know. <laughs> Whereas mine was all noodles and cheese. The kids eat theirs and it's full of noodles and they look at the meat sauce and go, ooh, gross. So, <laughs> But uh, I think... Key to get into now for me is we've talked about it. What drives people to change or not change? Because we've had it with run clinics where people show up and then they quit. And then I see those same people four or five years later still struggling to do the same thing. But then I also see the other people that embrace it and they've done what I've done and they now live a healthy lifestyle the rest of their life. They're, like I think I think you really have to be ready. Like I think you have to be ready to to make that change. And like we talk a lot about motivation, but sometimes it's just the you know what, this is something on the list that has to get done. Like we would all love to be motivated all the time. And we, we did talk about this last time too, right? Like I show up and I'm in my bike shorts and I don't want to ride my bike, but I go out and do it. Um, and I think, I think that mindset is hard to get to um, just because it's not fun at first sometimes. And I think some people that come out to our run clinics, they come out for a couple of runs and then they decide that they're not coming out anymore for whatever reason. Some of those people end up finding something else sure that that might be more fun or maybe their friends go with them or but there has to be some kind of of hook to to hold you at the beginning so that you have a reason to do it like i mean obviously for some people it's a health issue my dad oh it's a long time now probably 10 12 years ago had a, a heart attack and um, when they went in to put in a stent um, they found that three of his other arteries were 98 percent blocked so that turned into a triple bypass plus the stent, which basically would have been a quadruple bypass. My dad uh, no longer smokes. He no longer drinks heavily. He exercises multiple hours every day. He is careful about what he eats. Like that, that's not the kind of event that you want to have people get to in order to force those changes. But sometimes that is what takes to get people to change. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I don't know if you were there, if it was just Lisa and I were riding the night when we talked about, you know, events. So I think my personal thought right now is that people either change from internal motivation or external motivation. Mm -hmm. That is true. And by internal motivation, I mean, you've decided that you want to be healthier. You've decided that you want to look good. You've mm -hmm. decided... You want to be in a smaller pant size. Yep. And that internally motivates you to do something and move forward. Or you end up with the external motivation, which is... You know, it can be multiple things. It can be you've decided you're going to go do a 5K race, mm -hmm. and that's a goal. So that externally motivates you. Uh, if you're an athlete, a professional athlete, you get paid. Yes. That's external motivation. Mm -hmm. The other unfortunate external motivation is when something catastrophic happens, yeah. such as the event of your dad or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in my case, it was my dad in, in the past and as well as being put on metformin and being diabetic. With other people, sometimes it, you know, unfortunately gets to heart issues or something catastrophic. And I'm, I'm curious, I think as humans, I don't understand why we wait till that type of an event. We all know it. We all know Denial. the world's out there. Yeah, we know what might happen, but it won't happen to me. I think is for a lot for a lot of people is that, oh yeah, that could happen. Yeah, I, you know, might I might, you know, smoke half a pack a day or I might, you know, drink four or five beers a night and 
but it'll be fine. Whereas it won't be fine. We know what <laughs> we know what the research says. We know what what those things can lead to. We know what um, what impact those can have on our lives. Um, we just choose not to listen. Yeah, it's it still blows me away. And I mean, and I was that guy. I was that mm -hmm. guy that didn't listen, and I was that guy that had watched health issues in my family. And you know, I, I think it's neat now. I saw your dad in passing periodically. I see him ride his bicycle by all the time in the summer, right? I look at my, my mom's done in the last little while. Right. Who, you know, she's almost 70. And uh, she's in a pant size smaller now than what she was when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And she's out leading by example and, and kicking butt. And that's awesome because I think she believes that it's important to be healthy. And she didn't have a catastrophic event. Um, she's just, she's retired. And she's finally found the motivation and the time to do it mm -hmm. and discipline. Yep. So. She's also with the not working, she, that frees up some of the other, like it, you're not as tired when you come home, right? You know that you're not working X number of shifts this week. Those things also help us be a little bit more active, right? When we're living super busy lives, we can find it hard to fit, squeeze that in, right? So. Yeah, definitely struggle with it. People know, we know how to eat. Mm -hmm. We honestly know the answers. We honestly know what to do out there. But then when we come home, we, we still grab a cheeseburger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or have so. a couple of beers at night. Mm -hmm. right. or, or a couple beers at night yes <laughs> so I, you know I, I i think to to help people change is like well that's what that's what you're doing now right that's that's your goal <laughs> is, is to help give people the tools that they need in order for them to be able to make changes and change their lifestyle and and find ways to be healthy um I think that we can all help each other with that thing. And you've talked, you've talked about so many of these things, having a support system and, and having accountability to people, but um, taking that first step and then not getting past that first step. I, you have to find, you have to find a reason to take the second step. So what is the reason? Is it going to be your health? Is it going to be because your friends are doing it? Is it going to be because you want to accomplish a certain goal? But there has to be some reason for you to make those changes. And again, the changes have to be within your ability to make them. Valid points. I, yeah, I guess I'm at that struggle, right? I've watched the, I know how many people follow the podcast. I watch the group and it's interesting to see the, you know, about 145 to 150 listeners listen to this podcast mm -hmm. um, on a fairly weekly basis. In the Facebook group, it has taken forever to go from 70 to 75 people. But out of that 75 people in the group, there's about 12 core people that engage. And life gets busy, so sometimes it's six people this week and six people the next week. But there's about 12 core people that engage. And I see some great stuff happening with them. But it's like anything else, right? It's Clicking the button is the easy part to do and, and being there and watching, but actually physically getting up and doing, I'm not sure how, and I'm not sure that I can. It really isn't up to me uh, to get people to take the second step. People take the first step, taking those second, third, and fourth steps are the difficult ones. And it comes back to whether people either lie to themselves or whether they don't see the end goal. Or they're scared of failing. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm scared of failing, but then again, that that drives me though, right? And right? I understand that that, Whereas that drives me. Whereas other people might see that as, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to do it anyway, so why would I stop? This is the way I've always been, so so how how like, how how am I going to be able to do that? Difficult, definitely a difficult one. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, this is how we set up non-negotiables. We set up accountability. We set up teams and people around us and we accept it and we, we make changes and we, we fail. I fail all the time. All the time. I think the, uh, I threw it out on Instagram the other night, which was, you know, making sure your failures aren't piled up as a giant column versus taking each failure as a step to make the next step forward. And Mm -hmm. so many people can pile it up as a column. I did it for years. Yep, absolutely. And, and it can seem like you can't possibly do anything if that's all you're looking at is all the failures piled up. Feel like my floor is about to fail with kids coming through it. (laughs) So, so. I'm not really sure where to go from here. I'm not sure either. Like, I don't know how, I guess if people are listening and they're thinking about making a change, then find out what it is that you think might motivate you to help you make that change. Is it reaching out to somebody? Is it putting something out there on social media? Is it asking for help from somebody who is already there? I, I think it is. I got one thing that comes to my mind right now, and that's in another group I'm having conversations with people, and it's not about health, but it's just about life in general. And if you're not improving your life in general, um, one of the statements that comes up quite often is, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an intriguing one. And it's to, you know, if we're surrounded and we're, I'm going to throw it. If you're extremely obese, and you're surrounded by other extremely obese people and you're working on acceptance within that because that's who you are, you know, genetically you were given this, your family did this, there's nothing you can do about all the excuses I made for myself when I was younger. If you're surrounded by those people, you're never going to change. It's going to be awful hard because everybody's thinking the same way you do, right? But you don't want to lose your friends either. That's the other thing, right? No, I think you got to look at it as expanding your friends. Yeah. Oh, no. That's the thing, right? right? Is you have to look at, at adding people as opposed to, uh, what am I trying to say? You don't you don't want to feel like you're leaving those friends behind. Shifting from one to the other. Right? That's partially true. Unfortunately, that's happened for me. Well, honestly, like all of my friends, we work out together that's... <laughs> in some form or another. If it's walking or if it's... Um, like we spun yesterday and downstairs at your house, or if it's, um, running with a friend, like all of my activities, hiking that you like, I do that with my friends. And that's a reality. I think that it will mean, you know, and it doesn't mean there are some people I still remain in contact with that don't live a lifestyle like we do. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a small group of them and we've been friends for years and that hasn't ended, but there, there's a big chunk that it has ended because I realized that they were toxic to an extent. Um, and I don't want to say that they were bad people. It's just we didn't line up and, and no longer was my life filled with entertainment by sitting around and eating chips and just being at a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't enjoy that, but you know, as a, the recent podcast that came out, like I want to live a life of adventure, right? Mm. I, I like scuba diving. I like cycling out in the country and looking at the river while we're going out and cycling. I like the backpacking trip I just went on and adventure and seeing nature and just living life truly. Right. Yeah, as opposed to sitting in a restaurant every night of the weekend or sitting in a bar or going, you know, sitting around watching movies and eating, like, right? We're doing other things instead. Not that those things don't happen too, but that's not all that we're doing. Yeah, that's just not my core of, of it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I saw a quote today from somebody was that often we were born and we die at 25 and get buried at 75 or 80. And it, it was a real quick one, but it, it hit me and I, you know, I understood it immediately, like, Often we come out, we get education, mm-hmm. get, we'll get a, a job, job, start a family, and you just 
go to work, pay the bills, come home and forget about yourself and, mm -hmm. and the life that you need to live as an adventure and a, the healthy lifestyle you need to live moving forward. Yep, absolutely. So. And you need to, you need to take advantage of those opportunities, right? It's easy to get into a rut, but there's, there's lots of stuff out there, lots of cool things happening. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, Locally, I think we're we're doing better in terms of providing more opportunities for activities that include healthy like healthy activities, healthy um, lifestyles. Right, and here's that's interesting because right now that locally they're finally spending money and putting a trail around the river, which is going to be I think it's twenty one kilometers. Okay. I think it actually works out to a half marathon distance around the trail, if I'm mm -hmm. not wrong but they're finally doing a trail that goes around the river that allows people to have access and ride bicycles or walk and get them off the road. And it's been interesting to watch some of the older, and I've sat in the council meetings and gone to them and I've watched some of the stuff through the local campaign recently. Quite interesting to see the older generation, a good chunk of them, talk about what a waste of money it is to have this kind of stuff. And, and from my perspective, it's totally a field of dreams, build it and they will come. I don't know, like everybody's been to cities where they have infrastructure with bike paths or walking paths, or um, I was in Houston over the summer and they have a beautiful park that has a four mile um, dirt path around the outside of this beautiful park that has ball diamonds and soccer fields and a golf course and all of these things. And the number of people that use the facilities if they're there, look at their, look at our health flex. So many more people are going there because it wasn't available before. Like it's just, if you, Build it, they'll use it. I, I agree. I think the infrastructure is there. And I mean, a key on it because your brother was one of the individual people who first brought it up to council to went to fight for it. I mean, he, he no longer lives in the city, but I mean, he, him and a few people were key in fighting for this a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's key to have the infrastructure. And if you don't have it, I guess you got to go make use of what you do have around you. But People do use the paths that are here now, like the green space behind McGregor School. Like you go there after school, you go there on the weekends, people are using it. They are walking, they're walking their dogs, they're running, they're rollerblading, they're cycling with their kids. They're using that space. And it's not very much space. No. So for us to have more space would be phenomenal. And that probably is about the best one around here, to be honest. There's a couple other trails, There's but they're all behind, like two kilometers or three yeah. kilometers that go to nowhere. So That is the thing, right? Is It would really be really wonderful if they were all connected, but at least people are using those things that we have put in place already. And, and as people become more aware of, of being healthy and, and making healthy choices and being active, because um, that's definitely changed in Chatham-Kent in the last 20 years, I think the more facilities we have, the more people will use them. We're totally meandering a little bit, eh? Yeah, okay. I've gone all over the place. That's like, <laughs> what happens. We didn't even know what we were going to podcast about when we initially sat down. I had like one topic and, and we've kind of gone on and off. Well, it, it's tough to actually figure out how how to help or how to problem solve around people that they can't take that first step because it's individual each person is different why they can't take that first step or why they want to but just can't get over the get from the want to the do yeah i like you said that comes back to the internal motivation uh, i joked earlier in my life today saying i guess we want to you know you either want to look good naked <laughs> which is ridiculous at my age to even <laughs> talk about and worry about but it's more of wanting to be healthy for me. It's, it's quality of life is I think the new one I really focus on when I watch my mom and her changes or, you know, I've seen the difference in your dad over the last couple of years and being out being more active, my mom being more active. It's not just about being able to live longer or be healthy, but it's about having a quality of life through that. Yes. That is the thing like, do you want to be able to be independent and live in your own home when you're older? Having that, 
activity level and flexibility and strength are all really important for you to be able to be independent for as long as possible. And that impacts your quality of life. You know, um, taking me time to getting back to working out when I first started, the other part that it is important for me, as I know you don't, but I have kids. Um, and I mean, you have people that you influence as well and, and that, but for me, a year ago, I would have come downstairs to work out and if a kid would interrupt me, I would have got upset about it. Mm-hmm. And I've sort of learned over the last year that, you know, instead of just being, you know, cause it was me time. It was finally my bit of me time I was having, but I've changed my mindset on that. And you've seen some of the pictures that I've posted now, if the kids come downstairs, they're I, running on the treadmill, they're picking up weights, yep. they're do you know what? And then, and, and that will, that will make it much easier later on for them to walk into that gym or go to that class. Because or, it's normal. It's normal. <laughs> where it was not normal for me as a kid growing up, right? right. And, and again, not to knock my... It wasn't normal as a society in general. I mean, they were out there, gyms, but they're far and few between as opposed to every street corner It was, it was a really different scene at the gym than it is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It's, we all think back to the 80s of people picking up a giant weight, throwing it down and grunting and groaning. and Or the leotards with all the aerobics classes. Oh, man. And the headbands and the... the what were they called? Sweat... Sweatbands. Sweatbands. <laughs> That brings back 1980s mornings on TV while flipping to get to a cartoon. So, but um, activity, yeah, it looks totally different now. Yeah, I hadn't it's, thought it's of part, that. It's, it's much more part of life, and and the fact that you're picking up weights now also normalizes that too, right? They see that and they see. I absolutely they do because I came home from my hiking trip and I looked at my dumbbells which had 20 pounds on them and they were knocked down to five pounds. Amy, that's weird what's going on she's like well lucas was bored one day so he came down and he changed the weights and he was lifting the dumbbells to work out well you weren't here because he uh-huh. thought that maybe he should get a workout in yeah yeah my stepson was asking me about the bands that i had on my rig at home and what i used them for because he thought i was using them to like pull on um but i actually used them for pull-ups because i'm not strong enough to lift myself so i showed him that and he thought that was hilarious and then he got up on the rig and tried it and he was like whoa it's really hard even with those bands so <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said. They mean to take away and say you when didn't have kids to influence your life. No, but, no, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's important, and I think that 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 does normalize it, so that they're not these people that are 30 years old trying to take that first step about how to eat right and how to work out. And you know, we go through a lot of dishes in our house because do we have snacks? Yeah, I mean, I engage with another guy who who shuns sugar and shuns all these bad foods. We go back to the 80-20 rule mm-hmm. and eat 80% good food, 20% of whatever. But with our kids. They get a container and they get to take a handful of this food, mm-hmm. right? They're allowed to have a handful of chips at night and, you know, they're also forced to have healthy snacks as well. Do you know, okay, so when I eat chips, I put them into a bowl and I've always put them into a bowl because my parents put them into a bowl when I was a kid. I mean, we didn't get chips very often. It was a really big deal. Usually they had people over and were trying to keep us quiet with a movie. <laughs> Here, you can have a bowl of chips. Um, but so I still do that as an adult. Whereas I talk to friends, they're like, what do you mean? You don't take the whole bag and sit down? I'm like, you get the whole bag but but that portion control setting that up early is really key i didn't even think about it initially and honestly it was my wife that did it and and amy started with it but i didn't think about it but really it wasn't until my 30s that i started doing that because i would sit down open a bag of nachos turn on a movie and <laughs> when the opening credits were done i would roll up the empty bag to throw away because i, I want to call out the jujubes for you I, uh, I have pictures of empty jujube containers, people. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Look, just because Amy brought me jujubes jube when I came out of surgery. Well, yeah, and you were a little sad. I don't even want to get into the fact that the individual that was there told me jujubes had fiber in them. That would have been jujubes a Jujubes do not have fiber, everybody. <laughs> I I have not really had jujubes in a long time, and when I and do, and when you do, you portion them out. No, Amy portions them out. Okay, well, whatever. Somebody portions them out. I buy the jujubes. <laughs> I take a handful. I give her the bag. She hides them because she has to, because I ask, and she accommodates. And then when I want jujubes, she helps me yeah that one's a weakness right it's like kryptonite yeah but the nachos you bring in which is good. oh yeah no i could deal <laughs> with nachos <laughs> i get in my spiral i say i go in the corner and eat oreos and you know it's not necessarily a true statement i might eat two and i have eaten four it's been a long time since i've eaten six or seven but if there were jujubes in the house i could sit down and eat you know eleven dollars worth of bulk farm jujubes and then wonder why i felt like crap after i would feel like crap after too so but you're setting you're setting your kids up for portion control later. Understanding that yeah, this is this is what I get and this is what I get to enjoy. And then if we go back to the intuitive eating, actually enjoying that portion that we have. That right? is important. Not just mindlessly eating the chips and then oh they're all gone and then you're like oh I don't have any more chips. Like paying attention to the fact that we actually get this and that we're enjoying it. Slowing down and actually enjoying the flavor. That mm -hmm. is another guilt of mine, as a, just opposed to you're drilling it in and then realizing you've eaten it all. Your your lovely part of your brain recognizes that little bit of um, magic magic that's happened, yeah, and, and excitement, but uh -huh. it's gone so fast. So, yeah, our dishwasher runs every freaking night because of it, but I think it's important. Mm -hmm. It is. So. It is. It's, it, it's a good skill to have, and it's um, it teaches them to appreciate what they have and, and that you don't have to eat. The entire bag of nachos. But I want to. I know. Everybody wants to eat the whole <laughs> bag of nachos. Who are we kidding? They're nachos. Well, I'm not going to drag this on any longer. I mean, I think it touches base on some of the stuff I'm, you know, another podcast I have ready to go talking about the different portions of the brain that trigger some things within us. Um, thanks for joining again. I, thanks for the chat, I, basically. <laughs> as we solve problems live here while we're doing this that we don't even know what we're going to do, we'll fix all the world right now. So... <laughs> Although you have to fix yourself too with us. So it's not just on us. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate everybody that listens and I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, thanks, Steph, for joining me again. I, it's nice to not do this alone. Sometimes I feel like I'm alone and in my own world out here and uh, talking to myself. So. And, I, and I think if you're listening and you're trying to get over that want to do hump, reach out to somebody. Reach out to anybody. Somebody who's already doing something or somebody that you know that's doing something cool or... Reach out to Chris, reach out to the group, reach out to somebody in the group. Yeah, reach out to anybody, do whatever you got. Uh, you know, another thing I do, 1% better, get up and do it. Mm -hmm. and you want to get up and do five push-ups in the morning. You don't want to do it tomorrow, I don't care, get up and do it anyways. Mm -hmm. yep. It's over in 27 seconds. It's so fast. Um, and it adds up really quick. The impressive part, and you know, I, I was going to end this, but I want to get back on to what we're talking about. Like, all summer long, I rode my bike for one and two hours, and I fought mm -hmm. to get to 216 pounds, <laughs> which was decent. I'm happy uh -huh. there. And I'm not riding as much, and I'm not doing two- and three-hour workouts, and you've got me hooked on the street parking, and I'm doing 12 to 25-minute workouts. I think I've had a 30 minutes the longest, mm -hmm. and, and I've managed to jump down to 208 pounds. So I couldn't break through for two and a half months. I've added this. And the workouts are not long. They're so fast. So They're... fast. I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this who was like, I don't know what to do with myself because I don't really know. And I'm like, look, these workouts are super short. They're super fast. They're scalable. 
I never do the workout as it's prescribed because I can't because I'm not strong. But my whole body composition has changed. Absolutely. I, same thing. My body composition has changed. I can't do the prescribed workout for women, let's be honest. <laughs> I look at what they tell you to lift for a woman, and I'm not trying to go against women or men, but it'll be 95 pounds for a woman or for a, a man and 65 pounds for a woman, and here I am with 45 pounds on the bar, barely picking it up. Me and my 33-pound bar. So... <laughs> Um, but it works. It does work. And, and it's so quick. Like you, I can talk myself into getting down there for 13 minutes. So I'm going to throw that out. If you haven't looked up street parking and I know I told Steph for the whole year you were in CrossFit that mm -hmm. that was weight, ridiculous. Weights Not weren't for, for me and mm -hmm. I didn't want to do this and it wasn't going to help me. I didn't, I did weights before. I will say that the CrossFit from the street parking is a little bit shorter. It can be done at home. Um, it can be done pretty simple. And, and it's worth looking at. And mm. the interesting part is both both the people, well, I mean, it's a whole core group of people, but Julian and Miranda who, who run it will respond to questions every mm -hmm. day. All the time. They're all, they are wonderful with their social media. They are constantly involved with people who are posting. Um, they answer questions. They answer emails. Like They're doing a really phenomenal job of what they do. I don't know how they keep up. They've got over 5,000 people, I think that are doing street parking right now and it's growing and they managed to still keep up with everybody. I mean, it might be a short comment if mm -hmm. I posted something that day. But they comment every single time. Yes. Like every single time I post anything about street parking, they have commented on it. Or at least their team, right? I yeah, mean, well, sometimes yeah. it'll be the street parking team, but I bet you, I bet you over 90% of the time, it's either one of them that actually make a comment too. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned yesterday, and I know we're trying to wrap up, <laughs> there is so much good stuff on YouTube. We were talking about our spin class, and I I planned our spin class for the day, so we had a workout. But there 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 are bike rides on YouTube that you can follow along with. There are Zumba classes you could do on YouTube. There are yoga classes you can do on YouTube. You don't even need to leave your house or tell anybody you're doing it. Yoga. I mean, that's that's a huge one when it goes into this too for the stretching, and the fact that your own body weight is difficult to move. And both of us use the YouTube site called Do Yoga With Me. DoYogaWithMe.com. So it's a separate site from YouTube. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's they've got all kinds of videos. You can search by how much time you have. I have 20 minutes. Give me some 20-minute beginner workouts, and it will give you all of the 20-minute beginner workouts they have. If you need to work on shoulders or you want to stretch out your hips or you like, there's all kinds of stuff on there. I it think that was the key. It was very specific to your 10, 15, 20 minutes, mm -hmm. very specific to the items you want to target. They also have meditations on there. They have meditations for stress, for pain, for all kinds of stuff, breathing exercises. Like, everything is on there. And I think the other part of that is, and I'm going to go back, I've been doing yoga for eight years now, maybe. Mm -hmm. I made fun of it. Oh, yeah, totally me too. I made fun of it in the beginning because <laughs> no. I'm a dude. And... and I'm a yoga teacher now. <laughs> 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 the irony is not lost on me. <laughs> okay. I, and as a guy, you go to yoga class and there's maybe one other guy and 12 girls or 14 girls in it, and it feels awkward at first, but you're really in your own space when you do it. But yoga is a hard workout. And it mentally puts me in a better state when I'm done. Yes. I'm actually really impressed with that. And I, and I, I still have some yoga classes at Shacky downtown I need to go and sit down with yeah, and uh, get out. And, and if you're local, I'm going to throw it out. My wife is actually running a yoga and wine event at Shacky Yoga. And I'm going to get a call out on that. And uh, it is a charity event, but it is a yoga and wine social in November. So... Which is a fun way to do it. It's also fun when they do the yoga and brews or yoga and hops at the brewery. It makes it a little bit less scary because I think a lot of people are really scared to walk into a yoga studio. They think that everybody is going to be super bendy and everything. And we all know that you're not super bendy. No offense or anything. No, I'm still not bendy eight years later doing yoga. <laughs> and that's yoga. not what yoga is about. It's not no. about being bendy or getting bendy. It's really about finding that connection inside you 
to yourself and your body and your breath. And it is a physical workout. It is. There's no yes. two ways about it. Well, we, in the West, we, pr- we practice a physical yes. focused yoga. Not as much of a meditation, relaxed state yoga. Although it's available in some places, mm-hmm. it's it's more the rarity here. So, all good points. Yeah, we can ramble on forever. Yeah, I know. But we have to we'll go call and it done. eat some delicious things. You eat delicious things. I'm I going to eat delicious things. I'm protein. not eating a can of tuna for dinner, everybody. Or two cups of broccoli. I'm probably going to eat another cold chicken breast because that's what I had for lunch today was a cold chicken breast. <laughs> See, you could do beans. the templates. You'd be fine. Yeah, I could probably. <laughs> anyways, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll catch you on the next episode. All right. Thanks, guys. I think I listened to